Why don't you like this? I'm Sebastian Thomas Westcott. Hi, Sebastian Thomas Westcott. I'm Dad. And this is our podcast. When we first met, we thought we were basically the same person, united by our love of vintage cameras and pitch books and how the Grinch stole Christmas and Hokey Fright by the Uncluded. But three years in, we've realised we have just as many differences. And that's what this podcast is. Each episode will be diving into a topic, exploring why one of us likes it, and more importantly, asking the other, Why don't you like this? What are you listening to? The Shins. You know them? No. You gotta hear this one song. It'll change your life, I swear. This episode is brought to you by Sponsor Maurice for £3 a week. And you can help this dog go through school. You can get him through primary school, secondary school, and then you can wish him away to college. Uh, Maurice is an intelligent dog, but doesn't have the opportunities that some other dogs around him are going to have. You know, he just, it's just not going to happen for him. With your help, for just £3 a week, you can sponsor Maurice or a dog like him, and hopefully we can get this boy through college. Together, let's make a difference. Anyway, this episode is about Garden State. The film directed, written, and starring Zach Braff. So I haven't told you this, but I've actually only seen Garden State one and a half times before this. I think I watched it once when I was probably 16 or 17, once a couple years later, but my DVD was scratched and it ended at the scene in the boat, and you'd never seen it before. No. I'd never seen it, but I've heard a lot about it because obviously... In the indie circles, a lot of the people on it are like... Yeah, it's, it's kind of put in those same sort of boxes as um, 500 Days of Summer or Juno. But they're not really indie movies, but... They've got that feel to them. Yeah, they've kind of got the indie cred to them. Sort of very soundtrack heavy. But any time I'd sort of said, oh, should we watch Garden State? you go, no, I hate Zach Braff. Yeah, I think... Because I haven't really watched Scrubs. I've watched a few episodes. I've never it? seen an episode of Scrubs. <sighs> Every time I watch... I've seen it. I've seen it on, like, Sky TV. And I've always thought the humour in it is so stupid. I mean, I can't really comment because I haven't seen it. But um, for the record, though, Zach Braff did voice Chicken Little. I said he's voice no, Chicken Little. you said Neil Patrick Harris voice Chicken Little. He looks like he'd voice Chicken Little. Well, Zach Braff voiced Chicken Little. I fucking hate that little beady-eyed. There's just a look in his eye. He's, he's scared. No, he looks like he could snap another chicken's neck. No. He's... He looks like a serial killer. No, he's he was a scared chicken. No, he's not a fucking scared have you see, chicken. Have you seen, have you seen um, Chicken Little since it came out? I haven't seen Chicken Little at all. His, his whole aesthetic just puts me right off. We'll look out for a Chicken Little episode coming your way soon. Maybe, probably not. You don't even not. like Chicken Little. I thought it was alright when I saw it at the cinema. I'm just saying... There's a look in his eyes. There'd be no empathy if he snapped another chicken's neck. He's just got that that look about him. I think it's the glasses. He's just got that serial killer vibe. He wears the same glasses that you're currently wearing. Yeah, but I'm not a fucking chicken. Well, they're literally round red glasses. <laughs> Honestly, you're a dead ringer for Chicken Little at the moment with the shaved hair. <laughs> Coming Halloween near you. Chicken Little and his foxy friend. I'll get out my my Christmas shirt. Iron that bad boy up. He hasn't got a crisp shirt. He's not naked. No, he's got a green and white stripy t-shirt. 
Oh, that that then. Fucking hell! Sorry, I didn't know that. Sorry, I didn't know the colour of his t-shirt for a film. I don't think I've you know. Any, I don't think you know anything about. I've just at seen all. his head is round. Well, we're not talking about chicken at this episode. This is the Garden State episode. So let's get into it. Okay, before we begin. Seb apparently hasn't heard the song Goodbye My Lover by James Blunt. Yeah, no part of me recognises any of what you just played for me. But I even was singing it to you. Yeah, and I didn't recognise it when you were singing it either. No, absolute lies. Anyway, so we did Garden State and... Um, Normally when we watch movies for the first time, the one who hasn't seen it before will sort of keep it to themselves what they think until we start recording. I think you liked it. I thought it was alright. Yeah? I think... I think I have the same feelings towards it as I do when I watch 500 Days of Summer back. And that I reckon if I saw it, like, five years ago, I would have really liked it. Yeah. Whereas I think now, because I've seen indie films, I've seen films that are a lot better than it. What do you think is similar but better? I would say Juno is the similarest one, I would say. It's not even that similar, but I'd say that's a much better film. How would you rank? Because I'd say Juno, 500 Days and Garden State are kind of the big three of indie movies that aren't indie movies. I would say it goes Juno and then I'd say I enjoy 500 Days of Summer more than I enjoyed that. I I felt like when I was watching it, it was on one level and then certain moments just didn't really fit in. Like what? Like when they're on top of that. Yeah, thing the and they started shouting and it did like the kind of like the jaw shot where it like sort of zoom zooms in yeah really weird that was weird I mean I don't think as a moment it was off it was just the weird choice of camera shot it felt like something in a Wes Anderson movie in like a really low budget film it, it was, was really it weird. was strange but was there anything else that you felt didn't belong in the movie um, I felt the girl character was very weird. Weird to the point where, like, unbelievably weird. Have you ever heard the term manic pixie dream girl? Yeah, that's describing her, I've yeah. heard. But it just, how, it, it's how, just no one's like that. How do you feel about the, the sort of the idea surrounding the manic pixie dream girl? Do you think it is sort so, of a negative stereotype? I don't really understand what it means. Manic, what, as if she's, like, up and down. Okay, so I say... Pixie, as if... She's like doesn't look like a stereotypical girl. Um, I've, I've saved a description of it. Manic pixie dream girl, noun, brackets, especially in film. A type of female character depicted as vivacious and appealingly quirky, whose main purpose within the narrative is to inspire a greater appreciation for life in a male protagonist. So it's literally just summing her up. Yeah. But what other characters would you say are like that? Maybe Ramona Flowers? Yeah, I think Ramona Flowers is a common example that's, that's cited. Who else, though? Um, Summer, I suppose, from 500 Days of Summer is another person you could use as an example of that, although I guess that somewhat subverts the idea of that, but I would still you, think it's relevant. Would you say Juno is? No, I don't think Juno is. I don't is. think she adds much to Michael Sarah's life. No, I think partly because Juno's the protagonist of the movie and not a character that exists. Yeah. I think the kind of I think it was coined in a negative context to say that these are characters who are quirky and life affirming and don't get their story arc because they're only there really to serve the male character. Catch catch me being a manic pixie dream girl. So I mean Or chicken little look like <laughs> So you didn't like Natalie Portman's character in it? No. 
I'm not going to lie, Natalie Portman just annoys me a bit. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty good in Mr. McGoran's Wandering Porium, but that is just an absolute film. I've not seen it. Mate, that film gets me crying. Like, is it unironically good? I don't know. It's just it's just good. Do, do people think it it's good? It just feels nice. I don't know. I just I just thought it was really nice. I cry at that film. Do you know what this actually reminded me of? Go on. A grown-up version of Bridge to Terabithia. Do you think? Have you How... seen Bridge to Terabithia? Yeah, we watched it together. Because the main guy, you know, he's a bit depressed, isn't he? Yeah. And then he meets this girl and she's really quirky. That is exactly like Bridge to Terabithia. Or is it just that the girl in Bridge to Terabithia is, is a manic pixie dream girl child? Yeah, but it's weird though, isn't it? I mean, aside they've got from, that, they've got those vibes. I suppose. I mean, aside from that base level thing, I don't think the two have very much in common. No, but I feel like one's the kid version of that. But I guess that's just because. Yeah. Um. So in the past, obviously, Zach Braff is the main thing you cited about not wanting to watch the movie. What did you think of his character? He was okay. Yeah. Um. I said, I said to Sarah at the beginning of the movie, I go, why is he in hospital? I go, is he is he getting migraines? And Sarah was like, oh, I don't know, I don't even didn't even think he went, didn't even think anything's wrong with him. And then he goes, he's got headaches. I was like, yeah, boys. Yeah. So I had mad respect for him in that aspect of the world. Yeah, but you didn't dislike his character the way what? you, I suppose, thought you would. I don't know. I feel like there was nothing there to dislike there was nothing for me to like yeah like he came across as quite a not a nice guy i guess that's kind of the point was that he was sort of looking for his own reason for being and when you don't have a reason for being you're You're gonna be positive or negative like yeah i don't know there was just something off about him and i guess if that's what zach braff has done is i imagine it's a portrayal of himself and then i'm thinking what an arsehole is zach braff do you think he was? He came across as a bad person. He, pu- he pushed his mum over and yeah, made her paralysed. As a child, I'm not being funny. I'm pretty sure I wasn't doing that when now, I was nine years old. Are you taking the father's side in this? Yeah. That it was his fault and that not... he deserved to have this numb life because of what he'd done as a child. No, I just think there must be something mentally wrong with him to do that in the first place. He pushed her, like, not even to push her over, he just pushed her because he was frustrated. I'm not being funny, pushing someone over right next to an open dishwasher is Yeah, but he didn't realise the dishwasher was open. I don't know, it just seemed fucking weird to me. I guess, but he was a child and he wasn't pushing her over, he was just pushing her, just giving her a shove because he was frustrated. Yeah, seemed like a bit of a psychopathic thing to say. And, and that's I... the way he say it, said it as well, like a party in front of his friends, as if it was impressive. No, it's I think weird. it was like an opening up moment. It well, wasn't him. And I, felt, I felt like his friends were really weird, like people you just wouldn't want to socialise with. Yeah, what did you think of sort of, I guess, the rest of the cast outside of Natalie Portman and uh, Zach Braff? I think my favourite part was when they were inside the boat with the guy who was on American Horror Story. I'm not seeing anything I know about him that he's on American Horror Story. What did you like about that bit? I don't know. I felt like he. it was quite a nice sense of someone getting the main character. Yeah. Because I felt like... I feel like there was not really any warmth to him as a character until that point. And although the thing of them screaming was a bit ridiculous... Do you think? Yeah, it's just like, 
When in real life have you, has anyone ever done that? Well, I suppose it's meant to be a cathartic moment. Just came across as stupid to me. What about, there's a very similar moment in uh, what's the one where they're cleaning up crime scenes. Sunshine cleaning. Yeah. Where she climbs up under the train and is just screaming. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell? It's the same sort of concept. Yeah, and I said to you, what the hell is going on? I guess it's just the idea of, I guess it's a metaphor. Releasing. It's a metaphor more than anything else. It's just screaming into the abyss, sort of releasing everything, knowing that it's going to something that really... Doesn't matter. There's nothing there. It's just, it goes on forever, and there's just a release. It's just weird. It just came across as weird to me. I guess. I think, for me, when you're making a movie like that, it's got to be believable. And I just didn't feel like these were real-life experiences. Was that the only bit that you felt wasn't believable? I thought it was all just ridiculous. What else was ridiculous about it? I don't know. I guess also, maybe not all of it is necessarily meant to be interpreted literally. I think a lot of it is sort of a metaphor for the themes of the movie. Yeah, just... There was something about it where it felt like a robot had written it. Do you think? It was weird. I don't know, I found it quite emotive. It felt like it had a checklist of things. What would be on that fictional checklist? I don't know. Have a good soundtrack. Have a girl that's unconventionally cool. Have a depressed man. That's like the big indie movies right there, gone. I guess. They've all got the same themes. But, like, the di- I'd say the difference between this and Juno, like, Juno, I felt a connection with Juno, even with Bleaker. I felt like they were more human characters. They didn't seem as ridiculous. I don't know. I felt like they did come across as quite human in Garden State. I don't know. I felt like it was Natalie Portman's character that really yeah, I, just was kind of annoying. I think watching it as an adult, I think she's probably the worst part of the movie. It's weird though, isn't it? That How it's all stemmed from her being this people's dream girl, but she's actually just really annoying. Like, I'm not being funny, if I met her on a street, I would not want to be friends with her. She's yeah. annoying as fuck. She's lying all the time. She's got I'm not being funny, she's got... There's just nothing to like about her. She's just annoying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 she was annoying and probably the worst part of the movie. I think a lot of people have been saying, when I was sort of looking online, a lot of people say that in retrospect the movie is much less meaningful to them than it was when they watched it in their teens. And she is one of the main cited things about it. What the main cited as it being a bad thing? Yeah, one of the things that they that you realise as an adult is that no one's actually like that, like her as a character. But I think, particularly the background characters, I thought they felt quite realistic, like his friends and the people he meets. I guess I think the thing that was hard for me to believe was how he was friends with these guys, because these guys just seem like absolute wasters of life. I mean, they were... And even when he was at the party, he didn't want to do drugs. And it just felt like, why why are you going to this place where you know there's going to be drugs? Because what else are you going to do while he's in town? Yeah, I just felt it was weird. I don't know. It just... It didn't feel natural to me. I guess. I mean, so I think there is a different... I do feel differently watching it now as a 24-year-old than I did watching it seven, eight years ago as a 16, 17-year-old. I think in some regards, 
I can see way more of the flaws in the movie now. I think, you know, obviously, it's not necessarily believable, and it's a bit self-indulgent, and the soundtrack is very on the nose. Even though there's a lot of good songs in the soundtrack, it's... I don't know. It's, it's not subtle. When it, the, the last song on the soundtrack, I felt was really out of place like yeah. a really bad song choice yeah well yeah it wasn't it was really yeah, it bad great. it was it was so harsh to the point where the rest of the songs kind of blended into what was happening that one it was so harsh that it wasn't even like a harsh song it was just brash it just didn't fit in so i mean obviously i can see more of the things that make it very flawed as a movie as a 24-year-old watching it now. I think, um, as someone who's now 24, almost 25, there are a lot of life experiences in this movie that I can now relate to a lot more than I could when I was 17. Yeah, but I feel like they're quite general life experiences. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't you know, make them less real. No, but it's less unique to have feelings of being depressed in your 20s. Okay, I'm going to bring it back to bring it to another film that I don't think's an indie film that we watched and it's called Someone Great. Okay, go on. Because they it's are not, very different They're movies. not. They're very different. Yeah. But I feel like that one tells you more about actual life experiences than Garden State does. But I mm. wouldn't solely watch that just because of life experience stuff. No, but I think there are sort of moments in the film that I don't know, I feel like they kind of I feel like they talk very specifically about some quite specific things that a lot of people do go through. Like the moment where he talks about the point where your the house you grew up in no longer becomes your home anymore and you go back there and it's it's a house that you no longer live in. But that's true for everyone. Yeah, and I think that That's it's not, not just some... one that some people no, feel. But I don't that's think it's addressed I don't think it's addressed in many other movies and I think things like you know as someone who left the place they're from whenever I go back it feels weird it feels kind of alien like going back when we go back to Brighton where I'm originally from it doesn't feel like the place I grew up and I can see the people that I knew that grew up there that are still there and there's kind of a weird disconnect where I feel not the same as them anymore because just having left and I feel like that's something that Garden State touched on quite poignantly. I think the trouble is looking at Garden State more than what it actually is, which is just a film. Yeah, but everything's just a film. Yeah, but I don't think Zach Braff made this film for it to be, oh, like, for you to be thinking about what it means all the time. I think he definitely did. Do you? Yeah, I'm sure that that was his intention. Because, like, with his humour and stuff, it's so obvious that I don't see how this would be subtle. I guess. As there, subtle as There that. wasn't a lot of humour in it, really. There wasn't any humour in it. It wasn't funny at all. Yeah. But I don't see why, if one, in one aspect of his life, he's being the most obvious at something and then being the most... What do you mean, being the most obvious at something? Oh, his humour is just, it's just like, literally the most obvious humour you could do. What, in Scrubs? Yeah. I mean, I haven't really seen Scrubs, so I can't necessarily comment. But I'm sure maybe this was... He he knew that that was what he wanted to do, is after having... Did he write Scrubs? I don't know. He's boring as fuck, isn't it? But maybe, given the opportunity to make his own film, this is what he wanted to do. I guess. I feel also the main thing people probably talk about is the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack is... I felt the soundtrack... It 
did not age well at all. No, it hasn't aged great. I mean, obviously there are a few... I don't even think back in the day I'd think that's a revolutionary soundtrack. Nothing about it felt... It didn't feel personal to me. It felt like someone else picked the songs for him. It had quite an iconic, specifically soundtrack-based moment, though, that you knew was coming before it even happened, was, listen to this, it'll change your life. Yeah, but I've seen that on Tumblr like a hundred thousand times. Yeah, but it's still quite an iconic moment. It's specifically linked to the soundtrack that he chose. I don't think, though, that because of that one moment it's enough to big up the soundtrack or big up this film for having such a good soundtrack when the film is, I would say, mediocre at best. I don't think I'd watch it again. I don't think if you were like, oh, you want to watch Garden State? I'd be like, yeah. I think I'd probably, if we were at someone's house and they were like, well, we've got Gun State, or we've, we've got, got Chicken Little. Chicken Little's never going to be on my list, but <laughs> got Gun State, or we've got Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'd be like, fucking Gun State there, and it's a lesser of two evils, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's a great movie, but I do like it as a movie. I found it likeable, and I guess sort of the main story is a guy's family member who he hasn't spoken to a lot for a long time dies and he has to go and see his family and the people he knew and the sort of the sense of alienation in there and I think that's got quite a very specific connection to something that's happened in my life like very recently and obviously it's not the same but I think I can very closely relate the experience in that to the experience from what, two months ago? A month ago? Yeah, I think... I don't know. There's just something, something slightly off about it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say I didn't like it because I thought it was all right. Like, I wa- watched, sat and watched it. You said you would have liked it a lot more if you saw it five years ago. Yeah, I think before I'd seen good indie movies, if I saw this when, you know, I thought 500 Days of Summer was, like, the best movie ever. What do you think of as a good indie movie? now well short term 12 yeah. minutes gobby are we sort of talking real real indie movie or, or like indie, aesthetically indie, indie vibe movie in, i reckon indie vibe movie yeah because i think i was so i me being i was really into movies like a couple years ago yeah and i think if maybe when just before i got into movies i saw this film when i was in like year 10 or year 11 when i was listening to the shins for like first time i think if i had if i had seen this when i first got into the shins maybe i'd enjoy it more but i think if i'd seen it without seeing good movies i'd think it's a good movie yeah but i think some for me to watch something back there has to be something good about it what do you think i mean we're kind of jumping head here but what do you give it out of 10 um I give it six point five. So like not a bad score, that's about that's, average. Yeah. Bear in mind we did watch it last night, the new it, and I would say I wasn't majorly keen on it. I thought it was alright, but I'd give that a seven. Yeah, see here's the thing. I thought it was bad. But you only gave it a six. I I'm going back on that and giving it like a strong five. But what would you give it out of ten? Um, I think I'd give it like a light seven. I feel like it's hard because the movie's not too in your face. Yeah. It's quite a subtle movie. It's quite, you know, if it was a painting, it'd be a war, it'd be a watercolor. 
It's not as bold as oils, but it'd be a watercolour. Okay. Still good enough, but, you know, we want yeah. that. We want it slathered on. We want that oil. Do we want things slathered on? We want the oil. And as I'm looking at the painting we've got in our kitchen... Which is probably one of the worst paintings ever created of by a, anything ever. Of a little fairy door with beads stuck to it and little fairies and flowers. I'd say, I'd go as far as to say that is as beautiful as an oil painting. And I'd say this, that is the equivalent of a dog a dog portrait. It's not good. It's not bad. Somewhere in between. Alright. Um, do you like movies that are just dialogue where the plot is very loose to the point where not really very much happens? Yeah. Because I'd say we watched Patterson a few years ago, and yeah. I'd say still to this day, that's probably one of my favourite films. Yeah, Patterson was at the very least the best movie of that year. Probably one of the best movies we've seen in the cinema together. Yeah, so I think if nothing happens, like, it's not one thing that I just don't mind, but it's just. So it's not necessarily a genre that you're not into. No, even short term twelve, not much real yeah. ha- really happens in that. So with that out of the way, it's not a movie that you fundamentally couldn't like. What could be done to make it make you like it more? I think the script needs some work. They need to rewrite write Natalie Portman's character. If not, get rid of her completely and recast her. Are we keeping another female character in to be the love interest for Zach I Pratt? think the female character would be fine, but it needs to be completely rewritten. How would you make her different? Just make her plain. She just needs to be a bit more normal. Why can't she be on the normal side or, or, or alternative? Why does she have to be fl- full-blown nuts? Like crazy. Yeah. Full-blown, literal, manic person. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing natural about her. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe the point is that she seems very ridiculous when you first meet her, but she becomes more and more human as the movie No, she doesn't, though. She does, because by the end, she seems pretty normal. I don't know. Weird. The more you've sort of contextualised her and learnt more things about her, the less quirky she seems and the more ordinary, I suppose, I think. I just think she needs to be more normal. Okay, so that's step one. Change the Manic Pixie Dream Girl into a normal person make Zach Braff not pretty much paralyse his mother because that's fucking weird as hell that's like the weirdest thing that's ever happened that's that's Norman Bates kind of so step two is you agree with the father yeah anything else you'd change Uh, his friends are a bit weird weird how just druggies get rid of the druggies it's not fucking train sporting free Get rid of them. There's not that much drugs in the movie. They're snorting coke of people's bellies. Yeah, but in They're a taking par- pills. In a party scene that's meant to sort of symbolise how... I should have learned uh, Zach Braff's character's name, but I'm just going to think of him as Zach Braff. Well, exactly. Neither of us can remember... I can't remember anyone's name in that film. Something Largeman. Ha- no, it's something boring. Um, oh, oh! Short for something. It's like Matthew it? or something. I don't know. Don't think it's Matthew. I think I guess that scene is meant to symbolise the way that everything's happening around every, him. Yeah, it's not any, really any in the picture. Which I think is sort of the central theme of the movie is that some people look for meaning in life when living is meaning in itself. Yeah, it just it felt a bit self entitled to me. 
how would you change your self-entitlement? I don't know. Get Zach Braff out of it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Zach Braff is fit. Like, proper fit. Okay. And... Did you feel this way before, having watched the movie? I felt this, I felt this way during watching the movie until you told me that he was Chicken Little. That put me off a little bit. Okay. I'm not going to lie about that. I don't really like that. Right. But, but I just think Neil Patrick Harris would make such a better Chicken Little. But he, wasn't, he looks like Chicken Little. Don't even like Neil Patrick Harris. Exactly. So two things. You've killed two birds with one stone. Zach don't Braff like looks... Chicken Little, and I don't like Neil Patrick Zach Harris. Zach Braff looks a little bit like Chicken Little if you shaved no. his head. Neil Patrick Harris has got that lanky body. Chicken Little's not lanky. He's I got know... a huge head and a tiny little body. Yeah, exactly. His body's small, but his head's big. So That's he's not got a lanky proportion. body. Well, it's small then. Okay. Okay. Enough of Chicken Little. What was even the question you were asking me? I don't know. You said you'd just take out Zach Braff from Ta- the movie. I'd say take out Zach Braff. He's a pain in the ass. So what are you replacing him with? Lakeith Stanfield. Okay. And is Lakeith Stanfield the same character? or? Yeah, and we're casting me as the, the female role. Um, no. I just There's just something annoying about him. Just something real annoying. And I don't know whether if it was a different character, it'd be different. They just need to change the script. Yeah. I think the thing with directing, starring and writing a film is if you're not a very good actor, you shouldn't be in it. If you're not a very good writer, you probably shouldn't write it. And if you're not a very good director, you probably shouldn't direct it. Which, I mean, he's got total wipeout there. Did you not think that he directed it well? I just didn't know. No. No? No. I don't... It was really poorly written. His acting was like, all right. His acting was like, all right. I just don't know how... It was just so... Just one level, his acting the whole way through. But that was the character. I guess, but the character was just annoying. What about when he finally has the courage to properly talk to his father? I feel like maybe it's more of a male experience. I'm not aware. I'm very in tune with my emotions. I like crying. I cry pretty much... I'd say I cry at least once a day, every day. I mean, earlier today I was crying... What was I crying at? I was crying at that old lady's restaurant... Yeah. Where you have to book, book. You have to phone her up, and she puts you down on her calendar, and I could not stop. Do you think that if you humanized Natalie Portman's character, you would relate to her? Because a lot of the things you say, like in the movie when she says, "You have to learn to laugh, to laugh at yourself." If I didn't laugh at myself, I'd be crying all the time, and I do cry a lot, and I love to have a good cry, and I look forward to having a cry. Yeah, there was just something weird about her. But if she was more humanised, do you think Maybe. you could see... Maybe. I don't know. I can't ever relate to Natalie Portman. I'm sorry. She just annoys me. But if she was... Say she's cast as someone different. Yeah, maybe. Just felt like... It felt very 2000s, and I feel like watching it one day probably doesn't do it the same justice it had back in the day. Yeah. It's just a film where, out of that time period, it feels like just can't survive do you know what i mean i suppose i'm sure a lot of people still do enjoy it yeah the most basic people in the world i still enjoy it yeah exactly i'd say the people who would enjoy that are the people who enjoy captain marvel and think captain marvel's brie larson's best role i haven't seen captain marvel or any of the marvel movies stop wrestling about anyway i would like to hear more about how your feelings about the film relate to the feelings he's feeling in the thing. So I think 
We should come back to that. And while we're having a break, why don't you think about sponsoring Maurice for £3 a week? He's been rustling through this episode, and I think that with a little more education, we could learn to maybe teach him to audio engineer the podcast, you know. Maybe he could have a job being involved and he wouldn't be making so much racket. And I was thinking, you know, drugs are quite big in Penzance, probably violence quite big in Penzance. Let's get Maurice off the streets. You know, we don't want Maurice to be part of the cribs or part of the bloods. I thought you were going to say let's get Maurice into a gang so you can capitalise on it. If I could capitalise on it, you bet I'd be walking his ass down to Megabet, giving him a couple cans of Strongbow and we'd be on our way. Lightning bolt, here comes the Maurice. But anyway, just think about sponsoring him for £3 a week. Vet bills included. We'll be back after the piano sound. Okay, so we've come back and I was wondering how Seb's experience of being, you know, in his mid-twenties now relates to the character who's pretty much of the same age. Because as someone who's literally just turned 20, I don't really feel the same experiences um, so I think a thing that I found being in my mid-20s, because I'm almost 25 at this point, um, I think a lot of the times there's a lack of direction in life, and growing up you sort of expect that life is going to be so direct, it's A to B, and there's a lot of sort of A and a half in the middle, sort of floating around, kind of unsure what any of this is actually about and what the point is, and I know that's sort of... I guess the mid twenties version of teen angst, but I think it's quite—I don't know—I don't know about a universal feeling, but I think it's something that a lot of people my age would tell you is something that they feel. Um, more specifically, though, in so in as I alluded to earlier, um, I went to not my first funeral, my second funeral um, that I'd ever been to. Um, I think at the beginning of August it was, or the very end of July. I'd lost my grandfather who I hadn't I wasn't close with. I I knew obviously like I'd known him but I hadn't been over I hadn't seen him in six or seven years apart from us briefly visiting him for an hour or so when we went up to France a few months ago. Um and while I was there obviously there I was surrounded by a lot of family, most of them who knew him a lot better. And it was a weird feeling. I sort of I spent a lot of time sat just I I, I thought maybe I should make conversation with people, but I'm not a good natural conversationalist. You know, these are people that, a lot of them, I've never met before at all. A lot of them, it's been close to a decade I haven't seen. And I think I can very directly relate that to Zach Braff's experience going home for a funeral. Granted, I didn't go home, but I saw my family, who I generally don't see, as someone that lives in an entirely different part of the country to them. I don't know. I think maybe it is because it's an experience that is very specifically in your mid-twenties or a very specifically similar thing to the movie has happened in my life in the past few months but yeah, it's, it's a really weird timing really i think you yeah, maybe that game maybe i felt it was more poignant than i would have had that not happened to me recently i think also it's probably quite a male experience do you think? I feel like females are a lot more touch, in touch with their emotions. Yeah. I don't know if that's just a stereotype, but I'm thinking of all the women I know who've got male partners. 
they always seem to be the person who gets upset about things. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a generalisation, but I'm sure a lot of the time that is true. I think as a man, you're not taught to process emotions. The same way. And Whereas I feel like that was the problem with him, why I couldn't relate to him, because I was like, well, he doesn't know how he feels. I don't really understand. Yeah, I didn't know how I felt. And in the scene where they're burying the hamster, you know, Natalie Portman's character is the one that's upset. That's what I mean. Because yeah, just as he's telling her, which is not dissimilar to the day that we found out. Because the day Seb got a phone call, was told, you know, your granddad's dead, he phoned me up straight away, and I was legit crying in the back room at work, hysterically. And I don't even know why, because I met this guy, like, once. And even talking about it now, like, my eyes are welling up. But this is coming from someone who cries at the McCain's advert. That is... That is very And true. literally at any video, even if I think it's really stupid, I will probably cry. Any video of an old person in it. Oh, that... Do you know what the worst video is? What? That fucking right move advert. Oh, yeah. Where it's got a guy carrying stuff up to his wife in bed, and he's getting he's getting older and older, and he's finding it really hard to walk up the stairs. And then it just pans, and it shows that he's not walking up the stairs anymore. There's just no one there. And I'm not joking, my heart actually dropped. And I was like, oh shit, he's died. That's really fucking depressing. And then it shows that there's a new family there. And then it shows that they moved to a fucking bungalow. I cannot believe it. Disgusting. Yeah, you told me about this. You, I came in and I you were in so tears. so angry. I think I'd gone for a pee the first time you saw this advert. It's just ri- absolutely ridiculous. Um, do you think that personal experience should play into how you rate a movie? For the normal person, I don't reckon it does. I don't know if it should do, but for me, it's the way I like everything. I like it if I feel that it connects with me. So do you think I'm sort of justified in rating it higher than I maybe would have because of the specific? Yeah, because of what's happened. Because of how specific. But even you said it wasn't as good as you remember it. It wasn't as good. And seven, I would say seven is an average for a film, realistically. I'd say seven is a good average. So this kind of brings me on to, during the break, um, I said to Molly, you're giving it a 6.5 and you've been quite harsh on it. And yesterday, so like we said, we watched the new It movie yesterday, It Chapter 2. Um, and my mind sort of wandered off a bit, as I often do when I'm watching a new movie in the cinema. I'm consciously trying to rate it out of ten and figuring out whether my... trying to think whether my assessment at that moment is going to have changed by the end. And I came up with what I'm going to call the patented WDYLT rating scale. We start with a seven. A seven means that the film was good and you liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. For it to be a six, either the film was good, but you weren't that into it, or you liked it, but the film, but the film was objectively wasn't. not that good. Yeah. To go up to an eight, a film, you really liked it, and it's good. Maybe not as good as you liked it, or Writer, you so. liked it, and you can tell it was really good. Maybe better even than you felt about it, but you can tell that it was really good. Yeah. Obviously, a nine and a ten... You know, for a 10, something has to be absolutely transcendent. A 9, just all round very, very good for something to be a 9. Then obviously, when you go below a 6 to, say, a 5, it's either 
you enjoyed the movie or you thought it was okay, but you could tell that objectively it was quite a bad movie or not very good. Mm. Or Okay, I yeah, think you get we the get idea. the gist. You've explained yeah. it in five different separate occasions, yes. Um, what movies do you think you would put at a 10? Are there any movies you'd consider a 10? I think you know exactly what movie I'd rate a 10. Go on. Tell me. Short term 12? Yeah. Absolutely revolutionary film. We're talking mega, mega cred to this movie. I mean, we got not just one star in this film. Got not just two stars. We got three stars in this film. Is John Gallagher Jr. a star? And we got a four star. Okay, who was the... Okay, so we got Brie Larson, who... This was pretty much one of her first... Or, like, the first big role. And I'm not going to lie... It's the best film she's been in, by far. I, I agree. We've got Lakeith, Keithy Stanfield. This pretty much... Well, he starred in the short version of the film. He was, I think he was one of the only people who was in both right. things. Have you seen the short one as well? No, oh. I haven't seen the short one. I do really want it, but I can't find it anywhere. Alright, we'll track it down. I'm sure it's online somewhere. But he, he's been in like pretty big things since that. I mean, he's been in Get Out. He's been in Black Panther. Has he been in anything else? He's been in. He's been in Death Note, which. He was in Straight Out Compton. Straight Out Compton, like, I feel like this really made him like the person to watch. He's slated to be the lead in the new Jordan Peele movie. Do you know what I mean? He's a big boy. He's had a good career so far, and he's just getting started. John Gallagher Jr. Yeah, I feel like it helped him. Yeah. He was in. Um, Cloverfield. Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, no. Cloverfield Experience? Or something? Oh, Cloverfield Lane. Yes. 13, 12 or 13 Cloverfield yeah. Lane. He was in that. So who's the fourth star? The fourth star is Nate. Do you remember the new guy? Because then he went into Star on iRobot. Oh, right. He's called like... What, Sam Raimi? Not Sam no, Raimi. he's called like Ralic. Um, the one that was also played uh, Freddie Mercury recently. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's that like, like himself. I don't remember him being in it, but yeah, you know the trainee guy. Yeah, who gets spat I just on. don't remember that it was him. Yeah, it's him. Um, okay, so what would you consider a nine? Because it's quite hard to rate something a nine out of ten. Mate, legit, that's someone great film. Straight out at that nine position. Okay. Well, well filmed, well cast. Oh, also sneaky shout out to our boy Keith because he's in that as well, and that's a legit film. That is just it's got tunes. It was alright. Seb didn't like it. I like. I thought it was alright, mate. Honestly, I've watched that about five times without Seb, and every time, catch me in the bit where she sat on the bench waiting for the guy to come, and forgive her. Catch me crying every moment that happens. And when they look at each other in the crowd, catch me literally bawling. Every time, even thinking about it, even thinking about letting someone as sweet as Lakeith slip through your fingers, that is just a tragedy in itself. What would you rate an eight? Um... Something that you really enjoyed and was good. Maybe not as good as you thought it, as you personally felt it was, which I think really you should have rated. No, no. I would also put up at a nine where the world things are. Yeah. Because I think that is a really, really good film. So what would you put as an eight? <sighs> it's 
So what? So what is it got to be? Is it got to be really good? Either you liked it, and but you can tell that it was a very good movie. Oh, mate, before. catch me at number eight the week of with Adam Sandler. That is legit. What you thought that you liked it more than it was, but it was good, or that it was good, but actually I liked it you... more than it was, and it was really good. Right. I'm talking. We're talking the highest tier of Adam Sandler movies. That's my boy, and this I'd put this above. That's my boy. I literally cried at this film. It is emotional. It is funny. The bit when, <laughs> the bit when he goes, oh, you sort me out with like the finest room, and he brings in. And he goes, toaster, free peas. <laughs> Cracks me right up. He's got a painting of like his his mum. <laughs> I literally even thinking about it. I it cracks me up. I've seen this a few times, and I don't even like Adam Sandler that much. We're talking. This is like big daddy level. This is this is good. Even Seb watched it with me and said this is pretty yeah, good. Right. What would you rate a seven? And you don't have to give me an essay length. Just I'm not joking. That film is so fucking good. So what would you rate a seven? Um, maybe like Dunkirk. Yeah, that you enjoyed it, and it was good as you enjoyed. It wasn't great, but it was like clearly good. Very yeah. Good. Yeah. Do you think you enjoyed it enough as well for it to be a seven? I would say the fact that how well it was shot and everything. Yeah. Boosts it kind up. Kind of evens Because I feel like, really, how well it's shot should make an eight. But I didn't enjoy... I probably enjoyed it at six. So yeah, I feel so like that evens, evens out. out. Uh, what would you consider to be a six? Because you've just given Garden State a six and a half. So I'd probably put yeah, that Garden on a State six. Yeah, six. Um, I would say it's, it, it's uh, the lower end of six and a half. Is it that because you enjoyed it, but it wasn't as good as you felt it, as you personally enjoyed it to be? Or do you think that it was better than you personally found it to be and you found it was alright? I'd say the first one. I'd say I think it was better than it thought it was. I think, I think I thought it was better than it actually was. Yeah. What would you then rate a five? Which I guess five could be a guilty pleasure, I suppose. I mean, you can tell it's bad, but that you get a kick out of it anyway. Dodgeball. Yeah. I think I'd rate dodgeball higher than a five. I don't know, it's hard though, isn't it? Four? What do you think is a four? Where it's either fun, objective trash, or just not that good. American Poltergeist <laughs> yeah. one and two. Um, a three? Oh, I don't know. Uh, th- so at this point, it's something Avatar. that's not bottom of the barrel, but like... Avatar The Last Airbender. Objectively not good. Avatar The Last yeah. Airbender. Or even normal Avatar. Two, something that's just plain not good and you can't understand how someone would like it. Uh, pretty much any of... I'd say one and two are kind of the same. Any movie we've got from CEX that we actually haven't been able to watch the whole way through because they've been so bad. What would have to? What would something have to be to be a one? I guess oh, just Do you remember what was, that, what was that film we watched where... They were somewhere, but they were just doing loads of coke. <laughs> um, oh, what is it? The, the Stan- to... Gansfield experiment? I think it's experiment. called the Gansfield experiment. And it's legit. It's a, probably like an hour and a half movie, but it is the longest commercial of why to do coke. Yeah, that is in a the world. one. It ten. is literally... I Did we even watch it all the way through? Could we? I think we did get to the end. Oh my god, it was so painful. They had like a huge bag with them, didn't they, at the beginning, and they yeah. were just doing so much. I think for something to be a one, 
It has to be badly filmed, badly written, just incoherent, make no sense, and not have any. Real and that's literally what that film was like. <laughs> that film is almost like watching your mother get stabbed, and then someone's filming. And it then on someone's their... someone's doing <laughs> someone's doing coke off your mum's dead chest. And someone's filming. Someone's it on their... filming it on their Nokia brick. <laughs> it was literally. I'm not even joking. I would literally rather be hit by a car than have to watch that again. It was that painful. Um, so quick, quick fire. The ones we've done before, but with the new scale. What's The Simpsons out of ten? Six. Only Fools and Horses. Seven point five or sla- seven slash eight. Arcade Fire. Six. Watsky. Seven. What came next? How would Kumar get the money? How would Kumar get the munchies? Five. White chicks. Four slash five. Kendrick Lamar? Five. And the song July? Ten out of ten, boys. If there was an eleven, catch me putting it at that. Cool. So I guess now we have kind of an official ranking scale. Maybe I'll write those up at some point. And we can place Garden State firmly at a nice comfy six. Okay. Boys, is it going to be our 10th episode next time? It is going to be our 10th episode, and we've got something very special for you. I haven't started actually making it happen yet. Catch us doing a sneaky, sneaky manoeuvre. And I know you're annoyed because it would be my turn to pick the thing, but we'll continue with that on episode 11. Do you have any ideas what episode 11 is going to be? Have you thought about it at all? What is it about films? Yeah, I I guess it could be indie movies. It could be, I don't know. I don't know, because it's rare that I pick a film and Seb doesn't like it, because, you know, I am the connoisseur of the finer things in life. It happens. It happens. Um, Right, so, it's currently 25 past nine, which is actually a lot earlier than we normally record. Because we had dinner quite early, catch me making that tasty food. Maurice is asleep. The cat is probably asleep as well. Maybe you should go to sleep too, but for now... Ciao for now. opening theme song, Bicycle Weather, as well as the closing song, Even Pinker, were performed by Pickle Darling. The new album, Bigness, is available now on Z Tapes Records. You also heard an extract from the film, Garden State. <laughs>